Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. a number of them and has been involved in humanitarian aid efforts in the Ukraine during their conflict. Beth Hallel has seeded funds into Ukraine through Rabbi Stewart. In addition, their ministry has arms in India where Israeli backpackers go in addition to Israel itself, where, the, where their ministry specializes in ministering to Holocaust survivors and immigrants. He was in Israel on October 7th and has spent a lot of time there subsequently. He is like family to us, Mishpacha. So let's give him and his wife a really big welcome, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. Thank you, brother. Shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. How was your Hanukkah? All right. It's always great to be here with you, spiritual Mishpacha at Beth Hillel. And uh, it's an honor or privilege to share with you from this pulpit. And I have a lot to share with you tonight. Psalm 83, verses 2 through 4, and verse 18. Look now, your enemies are causing a commotion. Those who hate you are rising up. They are conniving against your people, conspiring against those you cherish. They say... Join us. Let's wipe the entire nation off the face of the earth so no one will remember Israel's name. Pretty actual today, right? This was written a long, long time ago, but here we are again. And then the last verse, verse 18. But may they know that you and you alone, whose name is the Eternal, are the Most High, El Elyon, the supreme ruler over all the earth. You know, Israel is now being attacked on four fronts by radical Islamic jihadi terrorists funded by Iran, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, whose stated purpose, their goal, is exactly what this psalm says, to wipe the Jewish people off the face of the earth so that Israel will no longer exist. This goal is written down, and they declare it loud and clear over and over Again, 
the Jewish people in the nation of Israel are once again in a battle for their very existence. Israel is not fighting against freedom fighters or militants. We are fighting against hate-filled, demonically inspired, Nazi-like murderers. My message today is entitled very simply, Standing with the People of Israel. Today I want to share with you how this present-day situation is affecting the lives of ordinary people in Israel, ordinary people like you and me, families, people who go to work, people who are not warlike, people just taking care of their daily business, and also how your prayers and support are making a huge difference in their lives today. But first, I want to pray. And today, I'm going to do something a little unusual. Oftentimes, I'll start with prayer or end with prayer. But during the message today, I might pray a few times and invite you to join me in prayer a few different times during the message. This first prayer that I want to make is a prayer that uh, is based upon what we read about 2,000 years ago when God on the Feast of Shavuot poured out his spirit. And there was a wind and a fire. And the result of that wind and fire was that his people were filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, filled with the Holy Spirit. They boldly proclaimed the life, death, death and resurrection of the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua. Their words were accompanied by signs, wonders, and miracles. They endured great persecution, gladly. And there was a tremendous harvest of Jewish people that then spread out to the people of the nations, the Gentiles. So join me in prayer. Do we need some fresh fire in Israel? Do we need some fresh wind at Bethlehem in Atlanta? What do you think? In Georgia and the United States? Let's not just pray for it tonight. Let's be longing for it in prayer regularly. Individually and corporately, let's gather together and pray for this because we are in great need of fresh wind and fresh fire from heaven. Avinu Malkenu, our great father, our great king, our loving father, we are so grateful that we have come to know the love and life-transforming power of our resurrected Messiah, Yeshua. We are so grateful that you call us beloved sons and daughters, and we are well aware that we have a great responsibility to be the light because the light is in us, 
the light in this dark world. But Lord, we're saying to you tonight, fresh surrender, fresh commitment from our side, and we're asking from your side, fresh wind, fresh fire, that would give us new boldness, new freedom to love and to share your good news, to serve and to bless unconditionally, to glorify your name. And we ask that you would stretch out your hand to do signs, wonders, and miracles, and that you would burn in the hearts of your Jewish people here in Georgia, throughout the United States, and especially in the land of Israel, today and around the world, Lord God, that you would burn and that you would bring in a great harvest of souls. And Lord, because we love all people, we're asking you, bring in a great harvest of Israeli Jews, Palestinians in Gaza and Judea and Samaria, and Arab Israelis, and our Jewish people, and the people of the nations around the world. Lord, we're asking. We're deeply desiring it. We ask in the name of Yeshua, and God's people say, Amen. 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 We need the Prince of Peace, don't we? Sar Shalom. Little background on our time in Israel. Chantal and I arrived in Israel at the end of September, just before Sukkot. We celebrated Sukkot in the Galilee with our two Israeli granddaughters, Hesed and Shalva. On October 7th, we were back where our daughter lives, staying in Yad Hashmonah, the Messianic Moshav, a community just outside of Jerusalem. And the sirens went off. And we ran into the safe room, the bomb shelter, which many Israeli homes have. We don't think about building bomb shelters in our homes here in America. But in Israel, that's a common practice. During the first four hours of Hamas's shock onslaught on Israel, on that dark day of October 7th, some 3,000 rockets, picture it, 3,000 rockets were fired from the Gaza Strip into Israel, according to IDF data. For comparison purposes, during the entire 2014 Gaza War, which lasted 50 days, some 4,000 rockets were fired in total. 3,000 in four hours, 4,050 days. More than 2,500 terrorists breached the border. And this number does not even include the swarm of Gazans that came in after them to loot. These Hamas terrorists brutally massacred. And really, you know, when I think about the words 
brutal and massacre. They're kind of the most horrific words you can find, but they don't really fully describe the level of evil that Hamas committed against innocent Jewish and non-Jewish also workers, Thai workers, Filipinos, they didn't care, Arabs as well. Brutal against pregnant women, babies, children, the elderly, including Holocaust survivors, 1,200 innocent civilians massacred, tortured, murdered that day. And all of Israel went into shock, heartbroken, and mourning. The American embassy was evacuating US citizens, but we chose to stay and help. One of the most beautiful things that you can witness is how the people of Israel came together on October 8th. Like one big spiritual mishpucha, spiritual family, like one big family, really. The people of Israel came together, everybody doing what they could to help. Cooking food, buying things. You know, the IDF called up 350,000 plus reservists. They were not prepared to feed them, clothe them, give them the first aid supplies, etc., that they needed. So everybody was gathering, helping, doing, going. Grandmothers, Holocaust survivors were taking up offerings, praying, sending the money. It was beautiful. That was the silver lining, I guess you could say. Next slide, please. October 7th. These are photos at Kibbutz Berry that my wife and I took when we were led through that kibbutz by one of the survivors of the massacre. Around 70 Hamas terrorists carried out that massacre at Berry, an Israeli kibbutz very close to the Gaza Strip. At least 130 people were killed in that attack. Look around. That's about twice as many people that are sitting in the hall today, all of them gone like that. Dozens of homes were burned down. Vivian Silver lived in this home. I want to tell you about Vivian. She uh, was like many of those that lived in those kibbutzim and moshavim near the Gaza Strip. She was a pacifist who did a lot to help the Palestinians. Vivian worked within the kibbutz to organize programs to help Gazans, such as job training, and ensured that Gazan construction workers at the kibbutz were paid fairly. Many of you are aware, but the world isn't, that thousands of Gazans came into Israel every day with work permits to get better jobs than what they could get under Hamas-controlled, oppressed 
Gaza. She also began volunteering to transport Gazan patients who were traveling to Jerusalem for medical care. Yes, you heard that right. Palestinian Gazans were often receiving medical care in Israel that they could not receive in Gaza. Friends, the evidence is clear. May our college students and the world admit it. Israel cares more about the people of Gaza than Hamas, who uses them as pawns and human shields. It's evident again how they use hospitals, schools, mosques to hide their rockets and their weapons, and they rob the humanitarian aid that Israel is allowing into the country, and they drop crumbs for the people. Vivian, although she was a friend to the Gazan people, was one of the 1,200 civilians murdered, brutally murdered, by Hamas terrorists on October 7th, simply because she was in Israel, simply because she was Jewish. She was burned alive in her bomb shelter. Next slide, please. On October 7th, about 240 people were taken hostage into Gaza. There are still 132 hostages still held in Gaza, including two beautiful red-headed children. I have some red-headed grandchildren. Kfir Bibas, 10 months old, and Ariel, 4 years old. 70 days now in captivity. Where is the world's compassion? Where is the world's pressure? They conspire against us. Too much of the world does not have compassion. Imagine if this was one of your children, your brothers or sisters, your parents or grandparents. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. A good friend of mine, strong follower of Yeshua at Israeli, his name is Kalev Meyer, some of you may have heard of him. He's doing a wonderful work to help get the hostages free. He founded Voice for Freedom Coalition, Arise for Israel, and I suggest that you check out their website and social media pages. Maybe there are some ways that you can get involved that you are not aware of. Let's take a minute to pray. Avinu Malkeno, our Father, our King, Throughout history, we saw many miraculous deliverances. You gave wisdom to your people who praised you. We understand that the Israeli government doesn't quite understand yet that Yeshua is their king. But we're asking in great mercy that you would give 
them wisdom, the IDF, supernatural wisdom, and that the world would rise up in indignation to pressure Qatar, Hamas, Islamic Jihad to release these hostages. Comfort the families of the hostages. Comfort the families who've lost loved ones. Comfort the families. Oh Lord, comfort the families who have injured ones, who have suffered such great loss in so many ways. We ask in Yeshua's name, and we know you are the God of great comfort. We thank you for that. Let's go to the next slide. 250,000 Israelis have been evacuated from their homes. On the left, you see Chantal and I with Vitalik and Nadia and their three girls. We know Vitalik and Nadia well. Vitalik was an elder in our congregation in Minsk, Belarus. Nadia would lead praise and worship. Their two teenage girls were active also in ministry. They're new olim. They made Aliyah just a few months before the war started. Living in a city that you've probably all heard of, Zderot. You know, Zderot is known as the bomb shelter capital of the world because it regularly gets hit by rockets before October 7th, after October 7th, throughout the years. There's bomb shelters everywhere in that city. They have 15 seconds to get to a bomb shelter. On October 7th, Vitaly, Nadia, and their three children, were, they barricaded the door of their apartment and watched with horror as Hamas terrorists roamed the streets of Zderot freely, gunning down everyone they saw. Nadia said it was the strongest fear I had ever experienced in my life. I felt like evil was chasing me. They fled for their lives from Zderot and were fortunate to get out with their whole family. Our daughter Miriam housed them until the government put them up in temporary housing. I know many of you get our newsletters, but you can read more about, whoops, you can read more about Vitalik and Nadia. Their story is one of the stories that we featured in our year-end newsletter. We have some copies for you on the table out back. A few weeks into the war, Chantal and I went to Zderot in the south. We also were, were going through Kiryat Shmona in the north to bring aid. These thriving Israeli cities are like ghost towns now. Ghost towns. 
On the right, you see this picture of Holocaust survivors. This is a group of 30 Holocaust survivors that were evacuated from the north. They are now living in a hotel in Jerusalem. Israel has done an amazing job of housing these 250,000 people in guest houses and in hotels and feeding them. Really quite amazing. But the sad thing is none of them know when they're going to be able to go back home. It reminds me of when the war in Ukraine started. Many of you know that we went into Ukraine soon after the war began there. People who had fled the war zones were thinking, hopefully we'll be home in about a month. People who fled Zderot and the other unsafe places in the North and South thought, hopefully we'll be home in about a month. Nobody knows when they're going to go home. It's not going to be soon. Chantal and I had the wonderful opportunity of bringing aid to many of these evacuees. As I mentioned, we're serving these Holocaust survivors who were evacuated to the hotel in Jerusalem. Here they're doing art therapy with one of our staff members. And uh, in the middle photo, you see Chantal. We delivered some uh, water filters and other things to the uh, group that the uh, Vitalik and Nadia belong to, and, and let's go to the next slide. This one's kind of fun. You know, for about a month, there was no school, and so the kids were pretty bored. It was a little Zoom here and there school, but it wasn't really much. And so we had the opportunity, because of the support of friends like you, to not only bring urgent aid, but to bring some fun to the kids. This is a trampoline. You can see that they're all dragging with great excitement. And uh, when they finally got this trampoline set up, the parents had to put a lock on it because the kids wanted to spend day and night on in the trampoline and they wanted them to do a few other things as well. So we were glad we were able to help in that way. Next slide, please. 350,000 reservists 350,000-plus reservists called up. About 1,000 of them are Messianic Jews. You know, the Scripture says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So we made a decision right from the beginning that we were going to adopt IDF reservist units where we had REACH Initiative staff members, where there were sons of REACH Initiative staff, other Messianic Jewish friends, and also we decided to help where grandchildren of Holocaust survivors who we serve week after week were serving. The IDF, as I mentioned, was not prepared to feed and equip all of these reservists. The practical help friends like you enable us to provide not only meets 
important and urgent needs, but also gives our staff and friends a stronger platform to testify to their fellow reservists about their faith in Yeshua. And this is because of the love and support of Messianic Jews and Christians around the world who are praying and giving funds generously to help. This is making a huge impression on the reservists. Huge impression. And all of this gives honor to Yeshua and creates more interest in his message of love and salvation. Today, as I was preparing this message, Yad Hashmonah, where my daughter and granddaughters live, sirens went off again. Warning of a rocket attack. You may not be aware of this, because it's not often in the news, but the civilian population of Israel is attacked by rocket fire every single day. Over 10,500 rockets have been fired into Israel since October 7th. Can you picture that? Running into your bomb shelter. 10,500. Fired at civilian targets. Civilian cities. I'm so grateful for these brave young and women who are protecting the families of Israel, these reservists and IDF soldiers. I got to tell you, they would all rather be at home with their families. But they know they must defend their people and their country from enemies that have vowed to wipe them off the map. When bringing them hot meals and warm clothing, I've often had the opportunity to share my testimony as a Jewish follower of Yeshua. I got to tell you, they listen with open and sincere hearts. God is opening hearts. And when I offer to pray for them, they are not simply being polite or reluctantly allowing me. They say, yeah, 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 pray. They receive my heartfelt prayers for them and their families and the people of Israel with sincere gratefulness and shout an amen at the end. Again, I can't emphasize how much the love and support of believers in, in Jesus, Yeshua, is being used by the Holy Spirit to not only meet urgent needs, but to open hearts to the eternal salvation of Messiah Yeshua. I want to tell you about some of the people in these slides. On the left, you see Chantal. She's with uh, Yoel, who's one of our staff members who serves Holocaust survivors in Israel. He has three children. He was called up. He's on Mount Hermon. Man, is it cold up there already. In the middle photo, you can see where one of the sons of one of our staff members serve, and uh, they gather together, and I was able to encourage them and pray for them. On the right, you can see I'm praying for uh, Lova, the son of one of our staff members, 
and uh, his commander. And they're receiving the prayer with sincere gratefulness. Next slide, please. On the left, after I encouraged this unit, this young man just grabbed me. I didn't grab him. He grabbed me and just hugged me like this. This was the kind of anointed Holy Spirit love that was flowing. And here are two of our staff members that in the middle that normally serve Holocaust survivors week after week. They are packing up aid and taking it to one of the grandsons of Holocaust survivors that we serve. And on the right, you can see where we brought hot meals. We've served almost 1,000 hot meals to IDF reservists. Next slide, please. And this one, I threw this one in because on the left you have Dima. On the right you have his wife, Olga. They serve with us, Holocaust survivors, week after week. Next to Olga is her son. He's uh, part of a unit that we've adopted. And their daughter. And the interesting thing about this family is their oldest son, Alexei, he is taking care of severely wounded people on the front in Ukraine, and we've been helping him. And this is why we entitled our newsletter, Love in Time of War. In the face of great evil, the love of God is greater. In the face of great evil, the love of God is greater. Next slide, please. Wives and children left alone. Chantal here is visiting wives of Messianic reservists who were called to serve, leaving their wives and children behind, having to manage all aspects of daily life. First month, their children were not in school, first month of the war. And we wanted to show them that they're seen, that their sacrifice for the well-being of all the people of Israel is honored. And so Chantal came with flowers, encouragement, love, prayers, and a financial gift that friends like you, who support our work, enabled us to provide. Because many of these mothers were working mothers, and they were not able to work, or their hours were reduced because businesses were closed, or they couldn't go to work, or whatever reason, you know? And so this just helped them along a little bit. As many of you know, we've been serving Holocaust survivors in Belarus for 28 years and for almost a decade in Eretz Yisrael, the Jewish homeland. You can imagine how they felt when they were watching news reports on October 7th. They were literally reliving the horrors of their youth in the Holocaust. Never again was now 
for these survivors. They could not believe it. They were overwhelmed. They could not believe this was happening in Israel, the Jewish homeland. This kind of evil murder, torture of Jewish people. Our teams swung into action to bring comfort and strength. On the left here, you see Chantal and I with Gita Kaufman. She's the chairman of the National Association that we work with, the National Association of Holocaust Survivors. On the right, you see me closing in prayer an event that we helped the Holocaust survivors, Gita and the other leaders of the association, organize because after a few days, when they recovered themselves, they said, we want to make a strong statement in support of Israel and in support of bringing the hostages home. We helped them organize that event, and they invited me to beseech the Lord for his help in prayer. It was a great honor. Next slide, please. On the right, you can see me with my Bible in my hand, teaching about 50 Holocaust survivors that our team serves week after week. I gave a message dealing with what I called two salvations that God provides, physical salvation and spiritual salvation. The first message I shared, I shared about, many of you are familiar with the story when David and his troops, they made a big mistake. They left their women and children behind in Ziklag with nobody protecting them, similar to what Israel did today, you know. They were asleep, big mistake, and uh, nobody was down near Gaza to protect the people. Took the IDF more than six hours to get there, some places 15, 18 hours. Unbelievable. Major failure. And David had made a huge mistake, and their enemies took all of the women and children captive. And all of these tough soldiers and David, they were weeping, and then they decided they wanted to kill David because it was, <laughs> they figured it was his fault as the leader. And David did something that I hope the leaders of Israel are learning to do. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And then he sought the Lord for wisdom. And by God's grace, he rescued all, all, all of the women and children. I shared that story to encourage the survivors of the Holocaust. And then I shared another story. You're all familiar with it, I would imagine, John chapter 3. When Yeshua is talking to one of the leaders of our Jewish people, a teacher of our nation, and he's explaining to him that we, Jews and non-Jews, all of us, must be born again from above. And I share this with the survivors of the Holocaust as well. And on the left, you see us pictured with Faina. What a gal. 
a survivor of the Holocaust, 102 years old, sharp as an arrow. She is one of more than 120 Holocaust survivors who attend our weekly warm houses where they fellowship and study the Bible, Brit Hadashah, New Testament, and Tanakh, Old Testament. And Paulina said this to me and Chantal. She said, I want to quote it here, I listened carefully to everything you said, and it felt so good to my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many survivors have embraced Yeshua as the Messiah and Lord, and many more are close. And I want to tell you a story that we also featured in our newsletter that you can grab hold of. And for folks, by the way, folks that are watching online, if you want to get a digital copy of this or you want us to mail you a printed copy, just contact us through our website, reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org, and we'll be happy to send you either a digital copy or a print copy of our year-end newsletter, whichever you request. So I want to tell you briefly about this other family that we featured in this newsletter, Boris and Luba. We've been working together with them in a city in central Israel for the last almost decade. They are leaders of a group of Holocaust survivors in central Israel. They've become very close to us, like family. Their grandson, Itai, was down at that Nova festival where over 300 young people were massacred. Itai lost three of his childhood friends. Boris and Luba said, can you comfort him? Can you help him? And so they organized a dinner where their grandson was present. They were present. Itai's parents were present. They invited me, Chantal, and our daughter, Miriam. And we were able to comfort Itai. And we made a commitment to him. You see, one of the people that he lost, one of his dear friends, lived in the apartment that three of them rented. And they live in Tel Aviv, and it's expensive. And we didn't want him to have to move out of his apartment because he couldn't afford it. So we said, Itai, there are people around the world, Jewish followers of Yeshua and good Christian people, that are standing with you and the people of Israel. We're going to help pay that share of the rent for one year. You can imagine how encouraged he was. You can imagine how his mind started to think about Jewish followers of Yeshua, Jesus, Christian people who love Israel, that are sacrificing financially and praying. I'm telling you, this is a time of great darkness and great tragedy, but the love of God is greater. And God wants to bring many of his people into the light and love of the lover of their souls, Messiah, 
Yeshua. Next slide, please. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. By the way, please, before we go into that, please keep the Holocaust survivors and their grandsons and granddaughters that are serving in the, as reservists, please keep them in your prayers. Anti-Semitism. The Anti-Defamation League said it recorded 2,031 incidents in the USA between October 7th and December 7th, the highest ever two-month number of anti-Semitic incidents since they began tracking anti-Semitism in our country in 1979. This includes 250 incidents that targeted targeted Jewish institutions such as synagogues and campus Hillel's, and 400 in, of these incidents that they talk about of the 2,000 were on college campuses, 400 of the 2,000. It also represented a 333% increase over the same period in 2022. In Australia, another civilized nation, right? Educated, civilized, like Germany was civilized, educated, right? Where pro-Palestinian protesters chant, chanted, gas the Jews at a Sydney rally in the aftermath of October 7th, Australia has seen a 591% increase in reported anti-Semitic in, incidents, according to the Executive Council of Australian Jewry. In the UK, there have been over 1,500 anti-Semitic incident, incidents re reported, the highest ever total reported to the Jewish Community Security Organization, CST, across a 47-day period. So that was 47 days. Holocaust survivors in the UK are very worried about rising anti-Semitism. A number of years ago, I pointed out we also need to not ignore especially us as followers of Yeshua, the spiritual roots of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is a demonic work. I've met people in the world who never met a Jew and are anti-Semitic. So we need to pray against this spiritual demonic wave of anti-Semitism. I believe you'll find my podcast helpful. You can find it on your preferred podcast platform, or you can go to our website, reachii.org, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org. You'll find both a video and audio recording of this podcast. It's, it's called Your Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stewart, and the episode I'm talking about is Understanding Tisha B'Av and the Spiritual Roots of Anti-Semitism. You may want to pass this to others that may need to hear it. In a peaceful but clear way, I believe we need to stand up in personal conversations and in the public arena against all manifestations of anti-Semitism. Europe was too silent. 
during the Nazi genocide of the Jewish people. We need to stand up peacefully, but clearly in private conversations and in the public arena. And let us also seek for opportunities to lovingly point deceived people like so many young people in high school and our college campuses to the truth and the goodness of God and the truth about Israel and the Jewish people. We are not warmongers. We are not bloodthirsty. Gaza was not occupied. It was given to the Palestinians. Thousands of Israelis were moved out by the Israeli government of Gaza. Gaza was ruled by the Palestinian Authority and then by Hamas, not occupied. Lies, deceptions. Next slide, please. Our book, I think, took on a new relevance since the start of the war. It's called Behind the Curtain, The Candles Burn. I want to just read to you from the back so you get an idea of what this book is all about. Behind the Curtain, The Candles Burn. I should have brought my glasses for this one. Behind the Curtain, The Candles Burn chronicles the stories of 15 individuals who were in their youth when their country was attacked by the Nazis. Their idyllic lives in thriving Ashkenazi Jewish communities in the eastern edges of Europe were transformed, would you bring me my glasses please, were transformed overnight into the living hell of the Holocaust. Their carefree childhoods Thank you. I really don't need these. I just want you to know I look more intellectual with them, right? <laughs> Their carefree childhoods were replaced with the terror of life under Nazi occupation. Suffering the overwhelming sorrow of losing many loved ones, they fought to survive amid deprivation and starvation in the ghettos or while hiding in remote forests. After the war, they found themselves trapped in the grim, oppressive, atheistic Soviet Union, facing anti-Semitism and a new set of challenges as they attempted to rebuild their lives. These stories, after being hidden behind the Iron Curtain for decades, are finally being told. Through them, readers will discover the amazing possibility for hope and the redemptive work of the Messiah of Israel in the aftermath of great suffering and loss. And as Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries, said in his endorsement of the book, he said, this book leaves you breathless, and I assure you it will be very difficult to put it down. Poignantly described stories, well-crafted historical details, and a joyful conclusion. You know what the joyful conclusion is and what makes this book unique? Amongst Holocaust books, 14 of the 15 Holocaust survivors whose stories are told embraced the lover of their souls, the King of the Jews, the Messiah of Israel, 
Yeshua. We're offering this book uh, at a discounted donation tonight. You can see us at the table, kind of a little Hanukkah discount, 20%. And uh, every penny that, every penny of the proceeds that come in uh, from this book go to help us serve Holocaust survivors in Israel and Belarus, every penny. So you also get the satisfaction of supporting that work. <clears throat> so when you think of this book, and when you think of love in time of war, I want to say this. Am Yisrael Chai. Am Yisrael Chai. And you know, every time I encouraged the people of Israel with the love of God, with prayer, we would end and shout, Am Yisrael Chai, because this means a lot to every Israeli, because they know their lives are on the line. Next slide, please. Right now, through December 31st, all gifts are matched dollar for dollar. Next slide. And for you, those, those of you who are online and those of you like QR codes, here's one for you. So you have an opportunity, if God so moves you, to help us be your outstretched arms and the outstretched arms of Yeshua to stand with the people of Israel to bring practical help. And every dollar you give is doubled. One dollar equals two, a hundred equals two hundred. So please prayerfully consider that opportunity because we are going to continue to do everything that we can to support, serve, and bless the people of Israel now, during this war, and after this war ends. So thank you for considering that. Let's close in prayer. <clears throat> Avinu Malkenu, our great father, our great king. You told us in many places throughout the scripture, and Yeshua himself, himself said, in this world you will have service and troubles, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You told us that there would be wars and rumors of wars, there'd be famines and plagues. And Lord, it seems like we're experiencing all of this in ever-accelerated fashion. But in the midst of great evil, in the, great, in the midst of great turmoil, we know and believe your love is greater. So we pray, Father, that you would help us shine our lights brighter and brighter, that you would help every Messianic Jew that's serving in the reserves and those that are at home serving in other ways shine their lights brighter and brighter, and that you would move in mercy and power 
to set our captives free, to bring our hostages home, to give us victory over our enemies that want to destroy and annihilate us, that you would bring comfort, supernatural comfort that goes beyond the comfort that humans can bring to those who have suffered great loss, that you would bring about a new situation for the Palestinians in Gaza and Judea and Samaria, raise up righteous leaders that the world will insist upon, leaders that do not pay for the murder of innocent Israeli civilians, righteous leaders who will educate children to be kind, tolerant of others, so that we can live in peace, Lord God, so that we can live in peace. Father God, our hearts ache, our hearts ache, but at the same time, our hearts rejoice because we know that you are with us and you are for us and that you desire to bring every person into the knowledge that you are the eternal one, El Elyon, the mighty God, and you want everyone to know you, your love, your salvation, and your ways that you have brought to the fullness through Messiah Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you and honor you and we bless you. Our lives, our trust is in you. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.